Friends, welcome to Word on Fire Catholic Ministries. Word on Fire is an apostolate dedicated to the mission of evangelization, using media both old and new to share the faith on every continent and to facilitate an encounter with Christ and His Church. The efforts of Word on Fire engage the culture and bring the transformative power of God's Word where it is most needed. Today, we invite you to join Bishop Robert Barron as he preaches the gospel and shares the warmth and light of Christ with each one of us. Peace be with you. Well, friends, it's New Year's Day today. We begin the Advent season, the beginning of the liturgical year. And like all you know, New Year's uh, celebrations, it's important for us to kind of start again to get back to some spiritual basics. And every time Advent rolls around, I remind myself and I remind other people to go back to the words of that most famous of our Advent hymns. So trust me, you will sing it and hear it a lot during the next four weeks. Namely, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel that mourns in lonely exile here until the Son of God appear. Um, I think you could spend your whole Advent just musing on those lines. And can I recommend maybe in your private prayer, if you're spending time before the Blessed Sacrament, uh, you're doing some Alexio Divina, uh, spend a little time, do Alexio Divina, if you want, on these lines. Because I think until we can move into the spiritual space suggested by those words, we will not catch the meaning of this season. So what's the setting for this, this image? This cry, the French speak of a cri de coeur, right? The cry of the heart. This always strikes me as a, as a, a cri de coeur sort of line. Well, the setting for the image is the phenomenon of kidnapping, which was quite common in the ancient world. Somebody would be on the road, they'd be traveling, and that's one reason travel was considered so dangerous. Because you could be uh, captured and held for ransom, especially if you're a relatively wealthy person, they would target you. And once you were kidnapped and you were taken away, maybe to a distant land, you're held prisoner, all you could do in that situation is wait, watch, and hope that someone might come, that someone might pay for your release. So that's the space we have to move into. Desperate? Yeah, it's pretty desperate space. I'm in a distant land. I'm held captive. I've got, I've got uh, enemies around me. I have no means of helping myself. I'm at the mercy of my captors, and if you want to put it this way, at the mercy of anyone who might bail me out. Keep in mind, too, in ancient times, long before we had these great means of communication that we have, someone's been captured, they're taken to a distant country. Now, the word's got to get back somehow to his people that he's been uh, held captive. They've got to think it through, raise the money, get the money to him. That's in itself a very dangerous prospect before any kind of insurance, et cetera, et cetera. And so this was a long haul. This was a really difficult time of waiting and watching and hoping. 
That's the person that says, oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel. And of course, we all know Emmanuel means God with us. So it's someone longing for God who feels isolated, separated in a, diff- in a distant country. O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel. Wow, someone or something has held me captive. I- I've not just wandered away, right? As bad as that is in itself, I- I've been held captive by some power that's alien to God's purposes, alien to my happiness. And now, it goes on, I'm mourning in lonely exile. Maybe some listening to me have had the experience of really being exiled from your homeland. I mean, I've had it in a very, very mitigated way. I don't want to over-dramatize it. But, you know, the times when I've left home, you know, to go to school in various places, especially when I went to uh, Paris many years ago. And, and there I was. Again, I'm, I'm not identifying myself with those who are like in political exile, but that experience of being a long way from home, feeling lonely, as indeed I did those years, you know, I mean, I disconnected, I didn't know anybody. Uh, I was struggling to speak a a foreign language. Um, And all you can do is hope, wait, watch. With all this in mind now, everybody, Listen to the opening lines of our first reading now. So for the first uh, Sunday of Advent, our fir- the first liturgical words the church wants us to hear are these. You, Lord, are our Father, our Redeemer. You are named forever. Now that little word, Redeemer. So automatically, we religious types hear that word and we think, oh yeah, that's a kind of religious term. He's our Redeemer. It just means our Savior, I guess, right? But think about that word for a second. The English word Redeemer is derived from a Latin term, redeemere, which means to buy back, redeemere, like when you redeem an an item from the store, you know? What's the implication? The implication is that God is best named as the one who can buy us back from slavery or captivity. See, we're right in that space of the O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. We are we're held for ransom, and now we're calling upon God, Father, we know that term well, Lord, you're our Father, and our Redeemer, your name forever. You're the one, Lord, who can buy us back. You can release us from our captivity. The very best way, I think, for us today to understand all of this is to speak of addiction. In fact, that old term, concupiscentia, in the spiritual tradition, concupiscence, I think could be rendered very effectively as addiction. When you're addicted to alcohol or addicted to pornography or to drugs or to work or to your own success or to money or to fame, see, whatever it is, when you're addicted to those things, you are out of control. It's as though, and, and you know, everyone knows because we're all sinners. We know what this is like. 
It's as though you're in the grip of a power that is alien to your purposes, right? The good that I would do, that's what I don't do. The evil that I would avoid, that's what I do. Because I've been, I've been taken over, if you want. I've been held captive. And, press the metaphor, you cannot even in principle solve the problem yourself, right? And again, anyone that's wrestled with one of the sort of classical addictions to alcohol or whatever knows that, that if the more you try on your own, through your own efforts, the tighter you pull those chains around yourself. As long as the addict clings to his own efforts, as long as he tries to lift himself up by his own bootstraps, the deeper he tends to fall into his addiction. And so, as we well know today, in light of the 12-step processes, a key to all this is admitting your powerlessness and turning your life over to the higher power of God. Now, with that in mind, listen as the prophet Isaiah goes on in reading one. Behold, you are angry and we are sinful. All of us have become like unclean people. All our good deeds are like polluted rags. We've all withered like leaves and our guilt carries us away like the wind. Wow, it's marvelous stuff, isn't it? It's ancient, ancient literature, but it speaks powerfully and resonantly to us today. See, that language of, look, God, you're angry, we're sinful, that's just a way of saying metaphorically how distant we are from you, how alien we are from you. And all of our good deeds, even our good deeds are like polluted rags. Why? Because even the best things we do are affected by these various addictions that we have. That's why Isaiah is not denying that we're capable of good deeds. He's not advocating a total depravity anthropology. I'm using much later language. But he's saying even our best qualities are tainted by the dysfunction of of sin and selfishness and fear and pride. And so, so, what is the solution? To to those of us who are held captive, who are crying out, O come, O come, Emmanuel, who have admitted our powerlessness, who knows that even, even the best of our activities are like polluted rags, what do we do? The answer is, and such an Advent answer, we have to call upon the name of the Lord. So again, listen to Isaiah. There's none who calls upon your name, Lord, who rouses himself to cling to you. See, he's lamenting this fact. That's the Advent spiritual space that I was speaking of, that we call upon the name of the Lord and we cling to him. And all this now prepares us to take in what Paul tells us in that extraordinary second reading from today, which is the salutation, the greeting, and the first letter to the Corinthians, one of Paul's masterpieces. He says this, listen, Brothers and sisters, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. See, there in a word is the entire gospel preached by Paul. Christ Jesus represents grace or free gift to us sinners. Talk about, O come, O come, Emmanuel, who's Christ Jesus but God with us? What does he offer us? Grace. Brothers and sisters, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, we're completely lost. We're incapable of of saving ourselves. But Jesus gifts us with the divine love. His life, his death, his rising from the dead represent God's unmerited favor to us. 
Listen to Paul now as he continues to lay out this teaching. I give thanks to my God always on your account for the grace of God bestowed on you in Christ Jesus, that in him you were enriched in every way. There's that lovely little word again in his Greek, charis, charis, charisma comes from that. Grace. Though we had no money to pay the ransom, the price was paid for us. Though we had no great accomplishments to offer, even our best deeds are like polluted rags, he took us to himself. And what does it mean now, this taking to himself? Listen again to Paul. God is faithful, and by him you were called to fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. There it is, everybody. That's the gospel. We're made through Christ, members of the mystical body, participants in the divine life. We who are captive, who can only cry out, O come, O come, Emmanuel, have heard now the good news, the word of grace. That's the Advent space we are meant to move into. And God bless you. Thank you for listening to this week's homily from Bishop Robert Barron. For more resources from Bishop Barron, please visit wordonfire.org.